I am so excited about this particular episode today. Um, Today's episode is all on healthy eating for our kids and why it's really important. I'll see you guys on the inside. Welcome back to Breakaway Tuition's podcast. You are here with Alicia Griffiths from Breakaway Tuition. Um, I am doing another solo episode this week. And this week's episode is all on our brain and how nutrients that we take in, so via food, obviously, um, or like vitamin supplements as well, how those things actually impact our kids. Now, the reason why I'm doing an episode on this this week is that this week, if you've been on my socials, you have seen that it is Healthy Lunchbox Week. Now, this is an initiative run by Nutrition Australia, and it's all about making parents aware and our children aware of the impact that having a healthy lunchbox actually has on our children. And as a teacher, and as a teacher who has taught in the classroom, I have seen firsthand the impact that what our kids are eating at school has on them in the classroom. So I've got so much information to give you today, Um, but I thought I would start with my own experiences in the classroom and why these types of initiatives are really, really important. So obviously in the last 10 years in the classroom, there's been a massive shift in the way that schools are beginning to, you know, provide information to parents on what should be in their child's lunchbox and things. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes around that can be quite controversial. Um, Everyone has a different opinion on the topic, which is fine. Everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. But I do know that in some primary schools, for example, even some preschools, if you are putting something that perhaps is not viewed as completely healthy in a child's lunchbox, that the teacher will actually take that out and put a note in the child's lunchbox going home. Now, there are lots of issues into playing with that. But the thing that I want to focus on is that I think that it is really positive that schools are starting to take an initiative and trying to educate parents because although the majority of parents are fantastic and they provide really healthy, nutritious lunches for their children, Sometimes that's not quite the case. And I have actually seen in the classroom the impact that those types of choices and obviously like my background's high school. So high school kids have their own choices that they're making. But I have seen that impact that has on our kids behavior in the classroom, on the way that they engage themselves in topics, as well as their learning ability too. which is why I think something like 
um, Healthy Lunchbox Week is such a fantastic initiative, particularly at this time of the year when we're just starting to get back into the routine and things. So I know a lot of primary schools have like crunch and sip and there's a whole lot of different parameters around what you should be including in your child's lunch for crunch and sip and what you should be including in their lunch um, for recess and lunch and those types of things as well. And, you know, um, I think that all of that information is particularly important because it's all about making sure firstly that our kids are aware of healthier choices but also to ensure that our kids are being provided with the nutrients for their brain development and then that flows in like I said previously it flows into their behavior as well as their learning ability in the classroom as well so like if we have a diet that's high in refined sugars, we know that it can be really harmful to the brain. And, you know, even things like serotonin production can be also um, impaired if you are eating diets that are high in refined sugars. So that can then have issues with child's sleep or even adult sleeping patterns as, as well as their behavior, as well as their brain function and brain fog, like not being able to think straight, which then obviously impairs their learning capabilities as well. So we, you know, the evidence is there. There's evidence from Harvard. There's a rural children's hospital. They have lots of information out on nutrition and food services for families and fact sheets on healthy eating and things as well. Um, but, you know, the evidence is there. Our brains are working so hard. And, <coughs> excuse me, and like if we think about, if we really think about it, our brains are working 24 hours a day our brains never switch off when we go to sleep our brains still don't switch off because it needs to make sure that we continue to breathe you know that our heart continues to function that our lungs continue to function that our kidneys are functioning so what our brains work off is our nutrients that we're putting into our bodies and so the more high quality foods that we are putting into our bodies, the more foods that contain lots of vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, then nourishes the brain and can help and make a huge impact on obviously adults as well as our kids. So I have a few stories for you from the classroom so that you can get a bit of an idea of what a teacher would see in the classroom. So firstly, a lot of high schools as well as primary schools are now starting things like a breakfast club and it might only be one or two mornings a week. I know some schools have it available all five mornings a week, but the idea of the breakfast club is so that the kids who are getting to school and perhaps get up late and don't get something to eat before class, they're being provided with healthy food options when they get to school you know a lot of um, kids might not feel you know they might they might not feel like they um, want to be seen going to a breakfast club for example um, but being able to provide kids with that healthy option, you know, um, some fruit, something healthy for them to eat first thing in the morning, 
really does set their day up for the rest of the day. And so by the time kids get into class, even by 9am in the morning, if they haven't had anything to eat and they haven't had any nutritionist food to eat first thing in the morning, then they haven't fueled their bodies. And if we think about it, our bodies have been asleep. You know, if your child's in primary school, they might be getting, you know, 10 to 13 hours sleep a night. They haven't had anything um, that is nutritionist in that time. And so breakfast is the first opportunity for them to fuel their body and fuel their mind. You know, for our high school kids, they might not sleep as much, but it still has a massive impact on how they are in the classroom in the morning, um, how switch on they are, how um, engaged they are with lessons as well. As a teacher, I have seen, you know, the kid who is falling asleep at their desk. Obviously, that can be a whole combination of things, depending on what's going on in that child and their home life as well. But sometimes if you sit and have a chat and, you know, ask the kid how they're going and if they, you know, did you have anything to eat this morning? A lot of the time they haven't had anything to eat yet. And so already their bodies are shutting down in a sense that they just can't focus and they're extremely extremely tired you know there's jokes about people being hangry and you know when you're really hungry you get cranky um, and then you feel better after you have something to eat and that also goes into nutrition as well you know like it makes sense if you haven't had anything to eat even if that crankiness or that emotion is rather than being tired but that's because, you know, again, you haven't fueled your body and you're asking your body to do all of these tasks on top of think clearly and provide, you know, tick lists and things that you're trying to get done in your day as well. But you haven't actually given your body any food to go off that. So, you know, I think breakfast is really important. Um it can, though, be hard, obviously, to get our kids to have breakfast in the morning. There are lots of, like, muesli sort of slices and things that you can make that are really low in sugar or have no sugar. Um, and those types of things might be awesome to include in your kid's lunchbox if they're catching the school bus, for example, or giving to them in the car if you've got to drive a distance to school. They're still getting something nutritious to eat, might give them a piece of fruit as well. Um, and that's something that you can prepare in advance. The kid doesn't necessarily have to sit at the table and eat those things, but they can also be eaten on the run. And so those types of things can be really popular especially now with our lifestyles where we are always on the go. Um, but I, again, like I have seen those kids fall asleep in class and a lot of the time it is nutrition like that they haven't had, particularly if it's the child first thing in the morning and they haven't actually eaten anything. Um, I've also seen <laughs> the impact that sugar has on our kids massively so. So the school that I taught at um, every, it was a Friday, which is a bad day for teaching anyway, and sometimes a Wednesday, um, but it would be like once a month or once every few months they'd have lolly day. So obviously this day was the day that the canteen offered 
lollies and chocolates and even soft drinks to kids rather than um, just healthy options like usually would. And, and that's why it would only be like once every blue moon that this would happen. But if you were teaching kids after lunchtime on lolly day and they've stuffed their faces full of sugar for pretty much probably if it's available at recess, they've had it for recess and it's available at lunch, they've had it at lunch. Those last two periods of the afternoon are hell. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. It is like, oh, I can't even describe it. <laughs> but as a teacher, if you have 30 kids in your classroom who have been binging on lollies and soft drinks all day, all of that sugar stuff, and then it, you have them the last two lessons of the day, you can pretty much write off those last two lessons because nothing is going to be done. And I seriously mean nothing. Um, if you can get the kids off the ceiling, you know, sitting in their seats maybe, um, and at least like half concentrating on something, even if they're just quiet listening to the teacher read a book or something, then you're winning. <laughs> it is a whole other world. And, you know, I think that though highlights really clearly the differences that come out in our kids when that occurs, you know. It is insane how, how something like that can impact your whole class lessons. And I think the other thing, like obviously kids bounce off each other. So even a kid who hasn't had that sugar there's three or four or five kids in the class that are bouncing off each other because they're full of sugar, full of energy, then that that's going to like put the kid who perhaps hasn't had any sugar on the side as well. So I hope that like gives you a bit of an idea of how crazy it can be when we're giving kids that sugar, you know, and I think it's the same as like, um, you know, things like mother and those sort of energy drinks, they also can have such a huge, huge impact um, on our kids. You know, I had um, a lot of schools, obviously, they um, don't allow kids to have things like mother or energy drinks for a reason. Um, not only can high consumption kill you like there have been cases where people have consumed too much and it has stopped their hearts um but it also like kids don't need it let's just face it you know, realistically adults shouldn't need it either if you are eating a balanced and healthy diet um but i have seen kids before um with several mothers for example and lollies on top of them so that is just like a recipe for disaster um so i mean healthy lunchbox weight is just about making sure that either we are equipping our kids if they're making their own lunchboxes with the knowledge to correctly you know um well not correctly but to to put good balanced meal in their lunch boxes for um, their school day 
Um, but also parents who are making their lunch boxes as well. And there's so many things that are so easy for us to do um, that are healthy and nutritious. You know, if you have a look on things like Instagram, there's some really super organized mothers on there and fathers who um, have like boxes in their fridge, for example, that have, you know, the snacks that the kids can have for dairy and what they can take for something with grains and the bread. And then there's the ham and the cheese and they pick what they want out of these boxes that are in the fridge to put into their lunch boxes but they're all healthy choices um could be grabbing like a bag of carrots or celery sticks or anything that's really easy to consume um you know cute like mini cucumbers um those types of things are really easy to do doesn't take much prep or any prep and it's a healthy snack or healthy food choice for our kids the more that we try and get our kids to think about healthy food choices, the better. But something like that, where you've already pre-prepared everything and it's easily available in the fridge, even if your child, children are making those meals themselves, it is helping them to understand what they're putting in their lunch boxes and why they're putting those things in their lunch boxes. And you are also then, you know, it's not taking anything like you're not standing there having to prepare everyone's lunches and things. I know sometimes that it is easier to say make healthy lunches, make healthy lunches um, than, you know, sometimes the choices that we might have in our homes are not as healthy as we want them to be or perhaps our children don't eat those higher nutrient foods and and those types of things and i know obviously that causes you know lots of angst in families um but i think if we are all trying to work together just to make sure that our kids are making those healthier choices then you know at least we know that we are trying our absolute hardest to make sure our kids brain functions and um everything that um they're getting in their day they're getting it in as high a quality as they possibly can. Some other things you might consider. So I know there's lots of, you know, you can do quiches that are easily cut up for lunch boxes. Um, even just like corn cobs. Um, cook a corn cob, cook a few, boil some eggs. Those types of things are really nutrient dense and they're easy to do. You don't have to stand there and cook for hours. And it's not about getting parents to compete with each other. Like if you've seen some of these lunch boxes that people um, make, like some of them are insane. They might be really um, exciting and happy for the kids opening them, but it causes like some really serious like... Um, you know, anxiety in some parents that we're trying to live up to these expectations and have these awesome meals all the time. And it's not, it doesn't need to be like absolutely fabulous. It just has to be healthy. It can be healthy and easy. It doesn't have to be healthy and like this five course meal and you just can't, you know, you feel the pressure every day to like outdo the next mum. doesn't have to be like that at all. So anyway, I'm going to stop my podcast there. 
I hope that gives you some food for thought <laughs> and I hope that it gives you a couple of ideas on like firstly why we want to make sure our kids have as nutrient dense food as we can possibly give them but also some ideas on what you could actually be doing with your kids to make that a whole lot easier for you. As always, if you have any comments, pop them below, send me an email, info at breakawaytuition.com.au and I'll chat to you guys next week.